0: Hi, this is Brad
1: and this is Katie
0: and we're the hosts of Decomposition Decomposition Podcast. Podcast. I think Considering the material we're working with, that language was neither shocking nor inappropriate. It's upsetting
2: and delightful. <laughs> Much like yeah.
0: this song. Uh, it, no, it's just rhyming nonsense.
2: Yeah. Here to hyper analyze all your favorite terrible songs.
0: From Billy Joel to Taylor Swift
2: and Pitbull to Kiss,
0: we break down what makes these songs
2: so, so good. While they're so, so bad, this is a uh, postmodern
1: commentary on human existence. Mm.
2: Billy Shakespeare did write a whole whole bunch bunch. of saunas 154 to be exact i am not suggesting that this
0: is a good or artistic song in any way it's not good but but it's it's great great. you can find us at decompositionpodcast.simplecast.fm
2: or subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast app
0: check out our new episodes every monday and remember
1: they're not guilty pleasures
0: if you don't feel
2: guilty
1: Got your cold
2: dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow
1: pie
2: Hello. I can see you've set your radio dials to fright. And you have found Teatro absurd. Tonight, we rejoin the tale of a brooding middle manager and his tattooed would be paramour, and a gripping analysis of department store stratagem a true tale of fright. For tonight, we revisit retail. I'm imagining grabbing the hair on the back of his head in one hand while I smash his nose with my fist. I can almost hear the sound of his nose breaking, feel the blood running down my wrist. A smile runs across my face, thin and long like the Grinches. I realize now I hate him, and I want him gone. Sadly, nothing is wrong with what he's doing, other than ignoring patrons, which is pretty much common practice at every retail store in America. My heart's not in this. I'm distracted, on combinations of lust and violence, some anger mixed in with extremely loneliness, and way too much backed up sexual frustration. I would pity any woman that would sleep with me at this point. I still smell her. I waited long enough. I start scanning the cameras and clothing to find her. I pull the daily breakout from my pocket. She's in the infant section today, not there. It's time for 15. I run out to the car pissed that I have to leave. I chain-smoke three cigarettes and eat a blueberry pop tart and a package of trail mix. My car has kept her scent and I indulge myself long enough to lean my face into the seat and inhale her. My stomach feels empty and I'm instantly aroused. The left side of the seat has a slit in it I didn't recognize. The floorboard is covered in empty soda cans and fast food bags, cigarette butts and weekly ads soaked in food, grease, and coffee. I find a company grocery bag in the back seat and fill it, then throw the bag in the trunk. I look at myself in the mirror for the first time in what feels like years. It's not pleasant. Back at the monitors, I find Ricky in Grocery. An older woman holds two different cans of soup in either hand and appears to be asking a series of pointless questions regarding the contents. I zoom in close on Ricky's face. She has bags under the eyes and the beginnings of a unibrow. Sweat has matted down hairs to the neck, and I imagine the salty taste that it would have. She's getting frustrated. Pointing at the soup in the woman's left hand, she turns and walks in the opposite direction, back toward her assigned department. Her movements are erratic. I see her walking towards a group of people, moving towards them, then shifting sideways and backwards randomly. She slips through the human wall without being noticed. Conversations continue without anyone looking back, wondering who the woman was that just turned sideways and squatted and shuffled between them. She walks towards Joseph, and the movement continues. She walks directly towards him, her eyes on his eyes. Joseph has his shirt tucked in. He's looking side to side, backwards and forwards, looking for anyone to fuck with. Ricky's steps are back in tango mode. Her eyes still trained on his. She stays directly in front of him, moving slightly left, and right till finally she turns off into domestics, heading into her section. Joseph keeps walking. He never saw her. In fact, she must have passed by two dozen employees and patrons, and no one even noticed she was there. Joseph finds Daquan, a 17-year-old black kid notorious for not front-facing the labels, and proceeds to bitch him out in front of patrons for the next 15 minutes. It's been a week since I've seen her. I'm finding myself checking the daily schedule grid for days out, seeing when our schedules align. Last night I spent hours trying to find her online Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, email white pages. Google turned up with some matches, but none that fit her. Coming home today, I bought a pull up bar that hangs from the top of the door. My stance on never needing to work out has been shaken. I see high school football players cut out of wood with veins down their arms. The ones with full beards that wear performance shirts and receiving gloves no matter what time of day it is or the fact that they are grocery shopping with their mother. I always mock these people, yet now I'm envious of the fact that they probably don't break a sweat repositioning the couch or carrying a few bags of groceries down a couple flights of stairs. At home sitting on my couch and I imagine Ricky holding my arm. I'm showing her episodes of buffy the vampire slayer having spent weeks convincing her how much she would love them she agrees and i'm watching her watch her reactions exactly what i hope for each time she laughs at xander and cries when angel walks away on prom night she loves spike and hates riley her fingers lightly rub my bicep up and down only stopping to take a sip of wine i look down at my arm and flex nothing I can't imagine a reason where someone would choose to ideally fiddle with such a limp, useless appendage. I think of Ricky's tattoos. Days off confuse me. Keeping the same routine for years gives me mental alarm clocks. They go off at 1, 3, 5, 7, and 10. Times I email my district manager to update on sales and credit card applications. I decide to try the pull-up bar and impress myself with five full pull-ups. I Google pull-ups online and discover I have to reach full extension of my arms for it to be considered a pull-up. I'm lonely and it's starting to hurt. Something in Ricky has woken up a need for people. I realize a need for company and contact. I've lived inside my own head for so long, never realizing that I'm terribly uninteresting. I smoke outside my apartment almost half an, every half hour, hoping a neighbor walks by to strike up conversations. I make a profile at an online dating site and frustrate myself waiting for an email that never comes. I then make a female profile and get bored quickly. The forwardness of my would-be suitors is of a quality that causes me to blush and hate my gender. I begin to understand the female comedians better. I doubt highly, show me your tits gets a lot of positive feedback from actual women pretty sure if they do get a picture in a reply it's more than likely someone like me on the other end copying and pasting pictures from amateur porn sites I'm almost positive these sites do not contain actual women pulling out my phone I scan through my contacts one by one I find a reason not to call each person it's been too long they have nothing to offer we have nothing in common I have nothing to say I pause on Ricky's name I have no reason to have her in my phone, let alone call her, yet somehow it is comforting to know that given the nerve and one more beer, her voice could be heard. I keep scanning until I reach my older sister. We haven't spoken in probably two months. She's Catholic beyond all reason and refuses birth control. She's working on her fourth baby in the past five years. I've lost track of the names and birth dates. We talk for roughly 10 minutes. Though the majority of it, she's explaining something to one of her kids in that voice that parents use only when someone else is listening, so the listener will think they have nothing but grown-up conversations with their children. The fact that the child was yelling no at her the entire time didn't do much to convince me. Working at the company, I've seen some of the worst parenting in existence. On three separate occasions, I've seen children who were standing in the cart fall out, onto their face, losing teeth in the process, all because their parents saw a cute shirt or a sale on canned spaghetti sauce and stopped the cart like they were about to run over a squirrel. I've seen children throwing gallons of milk like giant water balloons. Kids escorted off the premises for trying to steal hundreds of dollars in electronics. These things aren't rare. They're hardly talked about during shift changes. Therefore, a little verbal defiance doesn't seem so bad coming from the nephews. I ask the usual question one asks a pregnant woman. Listen to the complaints about the feet and back pain. Listen to the same stories about wedding rings that won't fit and boobs too big for regular looking bras. My brain hurts. I tell her the company has a sale on bras starting next Sunday. She tells me it's bath time and I suddenly realize it's been days since I last showered. We make plans to talk again next week. I head to the shower and seriously question how I will even get a girl like Ricky when I can't remember to keep myself from smelling. I shower and shave. Put a load of clothing in the washer. My mind goes to weird places where I imagine her coming over. I look at the shithole I live in. I notice for the first time it smells. Stale smoke. Spilt beer. Food from last week. I open the pantry door. There are four full garbage bags stacked on top of a full garbage can to go along with all the empty cans that scatter the floor. Going to the dumpster requires walking a flight of stairs and crossing the parking lot. Only seemed worth it when I lose at Garbage Jenga and the stack tumbles to the floor. The dryer buzzes. I hang the clothes and automatically start folding my undershirts in the proper scare technique. I feel accomplished. It's 11 at night. I manage all four bags of garbage, plus the two I added from the beer cans and pizza boxes that were lying around the apartment, up and out to the dumpster. I get in my car and head to my usual gas station for beer and smokes. Amir, the usual night attendant, greets me with a, Only six beers tonight, boss? Looking to change, I say. Ahoy, company lovers! The captain is here, and you've got permission to come on board the SS Shiny and take a voyage to employment. Have your days been a little dull? Not a lot of spring in your step? Throwing trucks a great way to work off that Buddha belly. We have a Shine event coming up in two weeks! Come see your old friends here at the company and shine on, you crazy diamonds!
1: This may be our last good night
2: we may never pass this way again
1: Just let me enjoy it Till it's over Or forever Please don't tell me
0: How the story
1: Our shadows come together Softer than your finger
2: On my skin Someday these may be
1: All we remember Of each other Don't tell me how the story ends Never trust the echo of forever Lonesome as a love might have been Let me go on loving
0: and believing Till it's over,
1: baby Please don't tell me How the story ends Please don't tell me
0: I can't believe we're still oh, doing stalks, this.
2: Oh, Stalks, Stalksly. <laughs> we are he back. stalks so hard.
0: Re- retail, Retail Part 3. Before we get to this episode of Cold Dog Soup, um, we need to, we need to talk about a podcast that I recently came across called the Decomposition Pod. It is, mm-hmm. it is, <laughs> it is mm-hmm. I came across this, uh, actually, I think it's, you know, last week now when when this airs, but... It is basically just us if we did music wow. instead of oh
2: shitty, my, shitty poetry. It's a bunch of guys who uh, who had a very good idea and got to it before I could, and I am very jealous <laughs> Brett, of...
0: Brad uh, and Katie, who I believe are a married couple. I can't... I, oh my God, they're living a the dream. <laughs> and they I, I, I tweeted at them from our tw- Twitter account uh, at God what's our Twitter account I don't DTL know there's is de- there is decomp underscore pod at decomp underscore pod and that that they had me with their first episode where they tackled abracadabra by Steve Miller um, which is a song I love and they do a fantastic job running through they get through a rude or Rude by Magic. Hankins, a song I know you love. Ugh. They spend a solid half hour on three Joey Lawrence songs. Uh, Flavor of the Week by American Hi-Fi. That Nintendo song. They're so good at this. <laughs> um, when I when I made the strongest connection yet, I, j- I just started a new job and I'm you know I'm trying to grasp everything. And one of the few bright parts of my week last week was. Uh, when they uh, in their "You're Beautiful" by James Blunt episode, they uh, <laughs> they they brought up the Pete Holmes bit, where James Blunt is just a chicken trying to not let on that he's a chicken, um, and I was just glad somebody else actually uh, realized how how much of a genius bit that is. So Brad and Katie decomposition pod. This is something that I am in absolute love with. I've only actually listened to about seven or eight. Of their fifty-plus episodes, but their most recent one, um, their Halloween-themed uh, spooktacular, is uh, "A Nightmare on My Street" by DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince.
2: Which you don't know how many times just last week i <laughs> sang that song,
1: <laughs> like a lot of times. I
0: didn't know that existed, and if you told, I don't know what's wrong with you. And if you told me what We're- that song was, I would have said, "Well, that's definitely on like a Freddy Krueger soundtrack." It's not. It's on. It's Mm -mm. it's just a fucking song on their,
2: on their album. On, on, it was a single. (laughs) It was a single from the album. Uh, We're doing their podcast now. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) And I just realized I probably shouldn't drop an f bomb while while I'm trying to promote another plugging podcast. But um, something that would very uh, interest Creel very, uh, very much is uh, their. the episode before the nightmare in my street
1: is California Dreams. Oh, part the, of the NBC uh, yeah, Saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. morning crew. I love that part show. of
0: part of the actors gone rogue series. Ooh,
1: that they do. <laughs> I'm in. I'm uh, definitely in now.
0: Decomposition Pod, and they were they're from Northern Jersey, which holds a, a special place in my heart. Um, in Patterson, that's the way it goes. <laughs> from Jersey, but they. They are they are absolutely fantastic. They know what they're talking about. Um, you know they uh, they seem to come from a musical background. So it would just basically be if if a couple Hankins uh, uh, were uh, were talking about these. Um, it was all I've ever wanted. And they <laughs> and they do tackle "You Get What You Give" by the New Radicals. I can't wait to to uh, listen to that episode. Um, they also do "Summer Girls" by LFO, which. If I'm following context clues uh, correctly from their last episode, they uh, spend a little bit of time on how the lead singer, R.I.P., uh, says sonnets, um, as in Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. So that's Decomposition Pod. I'm going to get better at promoting other podcasts, which means not uh, talking about lead singers of crappy bands that have died and not dropping the F-bomb. This is episode 14 Of cold dog soup. And we're going to get
2: right into this. We got a lot to cover because this particular section is just, it's a greatest hits of this novella. Yeah. Novelette. It really is unfinished. Uh,
0: Before we do, however, Hankins, I have to, again, sing your praises because book ended, on this on this episode that we just listened to, when you when you use the words paramour, strat, stratagem, <laughs> the lead into this is so good, and at the end of the episode with the, the shiny, the sh, the ad for the new hiring uh, uh, event
2: for this terrible terrible conglomerate that it hires so- people.
0: Is so good. Who
2: don't want to have jobs. They're creative. you know, in the way that they don't want to have jobs <laughs> <laughs> and, and
0: wouldn't vote even if they could. I Mm-mm. they have they have regular hiring events. That's how bad they are for the for the community. They are regularly yes. hiring people. Um, I do have to ask, where did the Joss Whedon thing come up come from at the end?
2: Um, it's a little bit of a spoiler. Just a, a hint, sure. of a spoiler. Go for it. Um, it will make a lot of sense. A lot more sense uh, a little later on. That was just a little hint of where we're going with this.
0: Um, but where? But like specifically, where did where did it come from? Oh, specifically, yeah. like what
2: it is. It was just some. Uh, it's some YouTube clip. Is it like of a some group of people? Is it from a Josh Whedon movie? Because <laughs> if Josh, it's from like a it's from a Josh Whedon esque or not esque, but a Josh Whedon focused podcast group. Oh, okay, okay. It sounds yeah. okay. Anyway,
0: um, I'm I'm even boring myself. I'm sorry. I because mm-hmm. it makes me laugh every. Welcome single time. Welcome to Whedon Talk, guys. Because <laughs> at, at, as we'll find out, as we'll find out. Spoiler alert! I don't necessarily disagree with his. Uh... <laughs> so we 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 pick up from He's episode like a, two. A vacuum
2: of masculinity. We... <laughs> I'm very tired. I'm reading this thing to my class. <laughs> we'll get there. Is that We'll get there. Is that how I nope, came off? You worry. Oh, that's one that's not how you came off. That's what you did. We'll <laughs> all right. Let's get there right this second. Brief. So Sean and I were in the same uh for our particular degree, we had to write a thesis and present this thesis, and we were in the same thesis class. And uh, we had to, you know, sort of write up a treatment and tell the class of what <laughs> we we're gonna do. It need to be a page or two long. We had to give a little speech about what our project was about. Yeah. Well, Sean had a rough night the night before. Uh, probably came in with a bum wheel, as he always seemed to have in college. <laughs> Just a bad foot 100% of the time. He rolls in, and he reads us this uh, his his thing. And that one of our teacher's pet peeves was, don't read to us. We know how to read. If you're talking to the class, speak right. to us. Don't read to right. us. Was he that JF or CP? That would have been uh, JF. Mm. Um he, you know, it was clear, Sean was not a bad student. He was very smart. No, um, but like this was he just wasn't on his game, and he's just reading this thing because he's getting through it. He's going through a time, blah 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 blah. But he's reading this thing, and his thesis, his thirty page plus thesis paper, was on something from Buffy the okay. Vampire Slayer, um, the series, not the movie. And he dropped the line. I'm going to say Xander in this, Sean. I bet that's wrong, mm-hmm. but just for the that's sake right. of getting that's through right. it. Uh, Xander essentially was a vacuum of masculinity. <laughs> and I remember that line now. That was 2005, 2006. I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was like, wow, he can really write. He is just terrible at presentation. Mm. I, Little did I know I was wrong on both <laughs> counts.
0: <laughs> I only take issue with the the me using it, essentially but this is not about me this is about our anonymous submitter well i don't know it's if it's
2: anonymous d- <laughs> i really don't
0: do you still yeah, think it's me?
2: there's a lot in this section that points to i the got writer, i still be i, being I Sean thought Hanks.
0: of the exact same thing when i when we went through uh um when well obviously we we've all read it before but after our our first two discussions on part one and part two after i listened to hankin's uh performance i was like I am not going to have a good time. I I really need to like come up with my defense now because this is There's 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 both things that point to it being me and not mm-hmm. being me because Mm-mm. I can't remember like uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. We're uh starting off um we're picking off uh picking up from the end of last episode where Jesse gets introduced. Yeah.
2: Or not necessarily introduced, but, but, you know. Tommy Boy has learned how to work the cameras at work. He loves being a voyeur. cameras, he's so proud of all them being real. He's proud that they have real cameras and not the the decoys. Oh, yeah, those old decoys. And he's just, (sighs) when when he's watching the store, Jesse's putting the moves on somebody. And that's where he comes. He's watching Jesse put the moves on this girl. And he immediately
0: gets super violent. Something that just the way it was so easily gone into. I, I bet this this narrator has violent fantasies about everything, especially fat people. <laughs> well,
1: I, I I think we're supposed to be sympathetic towards this character because he's watching this scene unfold. You know, Jesse's blackmailing this girl. But, like, I don't feel any sympathy for him because he's watching something that he shouldn't I feel be watching, f-
0: you know? No, like, he, he's yep. watching something that he has the authority to watch, but that he should absolutely stop. He goes in and he says, sadly, nothing is
2: wrong with what he's doing. There are a thousand things <laughs> wrong with what he's doing. He's not just pitch and woo. He is blackmailing a woman. For sexual favors later on <laughs> it's it's not like he's wearing like
0: his 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 navy isn't blue enough yeah. he's, it's not like he's violating a section of the employee manual that the narrator would write if he could he's blackmailing somebody into sex uh-huh uh-huh, but you know she's a woman, so there's that part of it I mean it's. It's unreal. and But he, he goes in and he says, uh, sadly, nothing is wrong with what he's doing other than ignoring Patreon, Patr- patreons, Patreon.com. We do
2: not ignore Patreon. No, sir. This podcast. Our executive
0: producer, Cassie Reed more, more read, more read. Uh, other than igno- ignoring patrons, which is pretty much common practice at every re- st- retail store in America. This is obviously uh, uh, the company is obviously tailored after Target. Uh, I, I've actually had pretty good customer service at a lot of retail stores I've been. They have sure. I mean, always been good, but like no.
2: Well, they're populated by people who don't vote, want to work in the way that they <laughs> they want, don't want. They don't not want not to not work. have a job. <laughs> <laughs> the line that I'm sure took me seventeen tries to read in this is when he says, "Some anger mixed in with extremely loneliness." <laughs> And way too much backed up sexual frustration. So, not only is he watching this blackmail go down, he's getting kind of horned up about he it, is. too. Yeah. yeah. And he remember says, that he is extremely loneliness. Uh, <laughs> this robot does not understand adverts. Oh my God, he does not I'm understand so glad you brought that up. So, I re listened
0: to our two episodes, and I am fucking convinced that a robot wrote this. This is just a robot. <laughs> I, I had a note when he, when he says odd combinations of lust and violence and I said that's the only way I can achieve an erection these days <laughs> the
2: odder the combination the better <laughs> I need a poke to the eye <laughs> and a lust for uh, mangoes so
0: when, when, you, when a character says you know when he looks down on literally everybody who isn't him for 12 pages now <clears throat> and then he says I would pity any woman that would sleep with me at this point when you look down on everybody else you're implying a sense of well I'm better than those people
2: right, right and so I'm sorry now, uh, but if you everybody know, sucks I think in he this prescribes world, to not the interested. Fiona I think he's Fiona Apple in this thing Yeah, he could be this world is bullshit <laughs> and he just wants to go with himself that's the advice he has taken I mean good for him Apple is a he treasure. still smells her, though. He still that smells. That line
1: is creepy, Ricky. and it pops up the rest of the in this this, this part of the episode thing. He about says, smelling am, her.
0: He says he quote mm. inhales her.
2: Yeah. Mm. Ah, the smell of old clothes. Yeah, formula, old formula yeah. stains. He spends
0: he Silver
2: spends Silver beads.
0: Weeks. He weeks. He's, he spends paragraphs. Uh, last episode, maybe the one before that, talking about how she's so disgusting of a human being, mm. and he inhales her, and then he's instantly aroused.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, part of this is what I don't get is smoke has a very distinct smell, especially yes. like when it's kept up in a car. Like, how can this girl's smell still be there? That was the first thing I thought, girl. Like, how the
2: hell in this egg burp filled, (laughs) minimum six cigarette a day car, does he find, how pungent must her essence be? Well, Hankins, it's not just that.
0: Because when he goes through the car that he talks about, his car is disgusting. It has cigarette Filthy. cigarette butts in it, which when you're done with a cigarette, you can't roll down. A, you, <laughs> you must be living in Barrow, Alaska during the month that it... This must be the company location in Barrow, Alaska where it's dark and negative six degrees <laughs> for 30 days straight. And you can't even roll down a window to smoke a cigarette on your way to work. Mm-mm. Where No, windows up, ciggy butts rolling. Who in... I understand that cars have had ashtrays in them before. Why would you ever leave a, car, a a cigarette in your car ashtray? Flick it out the window. Unless, clearly, this guy is not that concerned with littering cigarette not butts. Absolutely not. If, like, why in the holy shit would would you have cigarette butts, uh, fast food bags, and uh, for some reason grease soaked mailers from your company? The company? Your company? The company?
1: Yeah, I Yet guess he's he eating still smells
0: lunch. her over all of that.
1: Yeah, that, that's the creepy part is that her scent is still there and it arouses him. Just the smell. I indulge
2: myself long enough now has, to lean my face into the seat. What part of the seat do you think he leaned in? Oh, we, God. But, I was going to say, like, the armrest <laughs> or the. No, yeah, it's the bottom. But, oh,
1: no, oh the, God. It is. <laughs> well, now, I don't want to be, like, too, too graphic with this, but has a smell ever done mm, enough stop it, stop for it. Stop you that it would oh, arouse oh, 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 sorry, you? Sorry, sorry, or have sorry. you heard of this? Or am I just insane?
2: Well, I mean, smell is a pretty big attachment to memory. So, you know, like a cologne. Um, if I smell like uh, anything that smells like a, a elementary school cafeteria, immediately. When I go to tattoo convention, the first whiff of green yeah. soap I get. I'm, yeah, so yeah, I'm with him on this. I just don't know how he finds this. Unless he's part hound dog. <laughs> maybe that's the thing. Maybe part it's not Clyde a robot. Dog. Maybe this is Clyde Do- Oh,
0: <laughs> oh no, this is Tim Allen dressed as a dog. Uh. <laughs>
2: um, but he indulges himself. Why is he even out there? Why is he at his car? He, he, oh, he had oh, to take oh, a break.
1: He had to oh, take a break. He
2: was forced to take a break in
0: which, I'm sorry, he was forced to take a 15-minute break in which he smoked mm-hmm. three cigarettes, at, tw- <laughs> which is twice the speed on his way to work. A bl- he then slams into his baloney hole a blueberry pop tart and a package of trail mix, which if this is his first break he has smoked now at least six Nine, cigarettes, or six cigarettes at least six cigarettes, and if he's working he's got four
2: eggs, couple pieces of toast, butter toast, um, any leftovers, any leftovers from the previous night, <laughs> and and he's put on top of that your pop tart and trail mix.
0: This guy, this guy's uh, uh, colon is literally Pizza the Hut. I know I keep <laughs> referencing Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs. He's just a pile of garbage. That's all he is. Yeah. Inside true.
2: and out. Um, but his stomach still feels empty, Sean.
0: Well, that's because when And you, he's
2: also instantly aroused.
0: <laughs> to, and Creel, to answer your question, like, I've smelled, like... Randomly smelled a perfume that I uh, knew a girl that I had uh, designs on had also worn. I've never popped a bone over
1: it. That's ex- yeah. That's it's, mm, it's Chanel Number Five. It's made I me love you, Gangi. It's made <laughs> <laughs> it's brought up gang-y. memories or or uh, ideas or thoughts, but not the uh, pen to Why paper. Are there so cigarette
0: to speak. Butts. Why are there cigarette butts in his car? And
2: I guess he wants us to remember that she might have had a screwdriver in her pants and that's what left the slit in his seat. Yeah, yeah there's so he while he's in p- this popping a bone trap, and he, just thinks motor-boating that, he thinks he thinks that a slit in the seat, seat. is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He
0: he talks about uh. a, a like a, a slit or something like that that he doesn't recognize in the car seat. Apparently... That's not the only slit he wouldn't run. Oh, recognize. my God. Apparently, this... Whatever she had in her formula-stained jeans that he described in the last episode was so sharp, but so not sharp, that it punctured <laughs> his seat, but not
2: her jeans. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing in retail is an accident. Yep. This happened. This... He
0: object is. in Ricky's pants has altered the states of time and space. So much it's so it's made out of those beads. It's made out of those those beads, probably like a fifth state of matter. Um fuck this entire story. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. You know, you remember- I, I came oh, in, man. I came into this episode with an open mind. I re-listened to the last two, and I was like, you know what? I was a little bit too mean. But now just made a mistake. talking about this again, I'm so angry. Well, I'm so angry. I so angry i, I do not think you
1: are mean, Sean. I think we're all just being uh, critical and ha- have an observer's mind when we're looking at all this stuff because a lot of this is just kind yeah, of— Yeah, because that's
2: what we always do on this podcast is yes, we're very critical yes. and observant of the material presented there, to
1: And fair, which is
0: what yes. Judge Creel has been this entire time.
1: And we are only just acknowledging some of the sloppiness— Not only the narrator himself, but the structure of the story. Um, You know, as you mentioned, it was an unfinished work that was submitted to us. So, you know. Yeah.
0: Are we being unfair because of that? No. Mm, Maybe. Maybe. Oh, chinks in the
1: armor. Yeah, I, I, there is something here Asian Americans in the armor I think you meant <laughs> there's something here overall the story isn't bad just some of the choices along the way aren't the best way to sort of explore the narrative Like, there hasn't been an exciting incident yet there was no sympathy to the char- to the narrator I'm
0: sorry I'm very excited at chain smoking three cigarettes slamming a <laughs> blueberry pop tart
2: which he, he And washing that down would trail me. Yeah. He
0: capitalizes the P, but not the T in Pop-Tart. Mm-mm. My car has mm. kept her scent. No, I'm not going to let this go. Mm. I, and I indulge myself long enough to lean my face into the seat and inhale her, not her smell. She is uh-huh. inside
2: him now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have taken possession. And she definitely penetrated right, so penetrated since- that seat, too, you know. Since you think we're being too mean, I think this line here it reminds me of a scene, and I believe the movie is called American Splendor. Um, it was Paul Giamatta as uh, the the graphic novelist, uh, cartoon writer. I can't think of the thing, but at any rate, it's this guy who's downtrodden, and he's he looks in his mirror, Henry Crumb, or every something morning. Like that yeah yes 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 and he just says now there's a reliable disappointment (laughs) this line i look at myself in the mirror for the first time in what feels like years it's not pleasant like all right i get i understand that like now we've got the character developing a little bit he's going to start taking stock of what a piece of shit he is i i agree that there are there are there's potential here
0: it's not a lot but it's potential when he goes on, I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but when he talks about um, the limp appendage that no woman would ever touch. Right. Is, yeah. As, yeah. His, as his bicep, I think that's a really good, it's, it's heavy handed. Um, and it, and it's, but, it's not exactly like a guessing game, what he's really talking about, but it's, it's,
2: it has flashes of good writing somewhere in it. But the woman he's talking about, he goes on to describe as having bags under her eyes and the beginnings of a unibrow. But that sweat is matted S- but <laughs> sweat that, is matted down hair to her neck. That smell and be I popping bones, the salty son. Taste. He imagines the salty taste of the matted hair down her neck.
1: Yeah, there there's some creepy descriptions here and, and and that's what's confusing to me is, you know, maybe we shouldn't put beauty on a pedestal and you know to each his <laughs> own. But like, we certainly shouldn't put hygiene on a pedestal. But this narrator, <laughs> in this particular oh place. yeah, for
0: sure. By the way, like you know, we've seen mon- montages before of characters improving, sometimes right. to, to to win the big ski race against the rich guy that, that owns the ski lodge. We've seen Rocky get in shape, run up the steps of the the Philly Museum. This guy's version of victory is doing a load of laundry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And This is what's so confusing to me about the story, and this is where, you know, if the author is listening, I would offer some suggestions is, uh, you've got to either, the way the narrator presents himself is that he's very high and mighty, he looks down upon everyone, Uh, but then he makes this choice to go with this girl who has nothing going for her, it it just doesn't match, and that's where he needs to either re re reimagine the narrator or reimagine the girl something yeah yeah because but you guys are completely right because at this point in the story is when he starts to make a change of himself uh, he realizes he's been so down we're in the dumps about to
2: take a turn into the weird Ooh. to this point you know the, the 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 production pieces and all this kind of paint this as a some sort of spooky supernatural story and we haven't gotten any Gosh, of that it doesn't, ugh, as of yet yeah. They Save t- for a uh, door that won't open, an automatic door that is so old yeah. that it won't open. <laughs> oh, are you? Uh, and some ha- weird bees, Hankins, are you talking about the uh, where Ricky doesn't seem to exist? So we're going into this place where he's watching Ricky on the camera. She's talking to a customer, you know, more retail inside jargon. Um, and by the way, Hankins, and then if, her movements. If,
0: if I may, I'm, I'm sorry I'm talking so much and interrupting you, but you piece of um, shit. <laughs> this this fits better because what you're about to say is a lot more uh, uh, meaningful. Um, he's on these cameras like Timbaland in that AO technology. Oh, goddammit, Sean Mason! <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, you beat me to oh. it! He, he, the company must have the most advanced cameras ever. Because, and I'm imagining him saying enhance
2: every time he zooms in. He's got his fucking power glove on. He's swiping. (laughs) There's Jesse. There's that old bitch Pamela giving somebody hell about them bathing suits. Swiping, swiping, swiping. He zooms in for a minute on just a plate of chicken sandwiches (laughs) and chicken biscuits. No, not what I'm looking for. Swipe. Swipe. But you swipe. And then he hits Jesse. He hits Ricky.
0: I'm sorry. You were going to talk about her being a ghost.
2: So he's he's watching her through the cameras, having a tough time with a customer, and then her moves become erratic. Um, he really doesn't give us a whole lot on that. Just... I'm imagining like a, a,
0: like a Marilyn Manson and the Beautiful People video that sped yeah, up. You know like, what? That herky-jerky yeah.
2: um, uh, shit. It was uh, like a Hell House, House on a Haunted Hill. Yeah, like a horror that, movie that, trope that, that like thing. in the late 90s. Yeah, Yeah, you just in, you're just popping, your are locking. You just got a real cool it's groovy pop, walk going on. Kind of like it. a Jamariqua video, but scary. <laughs> and, and super sped up. Yeah, yeah. So she's moving toward this group of people. And then she shifted around, and she sort of weaves her way through these people, and they don't notice her. They they don't notice that she's there, and they don't touch Enter her or something like Joseph. That. They don't touch her. She she can't. They don't understand that she's turned sideways and shuffled between them, and she walks toward Joseph. And she's still doing this herky jerky <laughs> bankhead head motion walk, and they make and eye contact. She's a herky jerky store <laughs> store clerk. They're looking right at each other, (laughs) and for some reason, he decides to point out that Joseph has his shirt tucked in. That's a weird. Why wouldn't he? Very weird detail. He's the head fucking captain. (laughs) Joseph is wearing. Of course, he's got his shirt
1: tucked in. (laughs) Joseph has ten fingers. Joseph is breathing. Yeah, it's Joseph's name is Joseph. And he is quote looking for anybody to fuck with
0: <laughs> and this is after and, he makes eye contact with her
2: and I think that I I might not have read this part. I think it was one of those things that just got missed um, but we needed we've been you know through a couple paragraphs without any overt um, body shaming or race talk yeah. so Joseph finds Daquan... A 17-year-old black kid notorious for not front-facing the labels and proceeds to bitch at him for the next 15 minutes. I have to say, um,
0: so you- <laughs> I have to say something. Um, the, the bleeding heart white liberal who's never really <laughs> had, had any negative consequences from it, the way he's looked. Well, aside from being, never mind. Uh- <laughs> Dumpy. Anybody can look on. We can that. <laughs> Why does the writer have to point out every non-white is not white?
2: Every like they have non- a third white. arm growing out of their fucking forehead. Every no- like using the name Daquan would signify what he's trying to get. Acro- I want to. I and like Daquan. Like I'm sorry,
0: but like you know, we we follow a college football team that has. Uh, players' names like Sean Dion and Deshaun and Jalen's not really that that off, uh, un- unusual. But like, yeah, Dante with a just an A. Yeah, if yeah. If you yeah, want to yeah, be that we, ham-fisted yeah. and non-casually racist, just call him Daquan.